Hey there, friends. My name is Dan Yoon, our discipleship pastor here at Hope Church, and you're listening to HopeCast, a podcast based out of Hope Church in Richmond, Virginia. And this is where we have real conversations about faith and life in under 30 minutes. And today, I am joined by our lead pastor, David Dwight, and the topic of conversation is identity. Who are we? Who are you, really? And so this issue of finding our identity, but also considering where our value might come from as it's related to identity. So big topic today. David, thanks for joining us. Uh, What are some of your opening thoughts as we talk about this? I think it's a big topic. Mm. How's that? You already said that. I did, (laughs) but I think it's worth reiterating. It's a huge topic. Uh, You know, there are a lot of ways to say this kind of thing in life. Uh, One way to say it would be, uh, we're all searching for the answer to the question, who am I really? Mm. And this search goes on and on and on and on. And we go down a lot of roads trying to answer that question. Uh, the Bible has answers to that question for us, but some of us um, are more challenged in finding our way there than others. And I have a lot of compassion and sympathy for the challenge of this journey. Yeah, We all have this question and this challenge, perhaps we could say to varying degrees, and it can depend on so many different variables, like how how clearly or easily do we come to a settled resolution on the question of who am I really, mm. or how challenging and how many twists and turns are there in the road? And, and that can depend on so many variables, our oh, personality, yeah. our circumstances, our life, our upbringing, on and on it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I think about things that we say to young children that would condition them to see themselves a certain way. Mm-hmm. So, for example, even the phrase, oh, you're such a good girl, or good boy, or you're so strong. Like, these are things that we say, hopefully, to encourage, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe even inspire Mm -hmm. uh, young children, but they hear something long enough, and it doesn't take long, and that's how they begin to perceive themselves and shape that identity. And then you start talking about these other factors that we have over the course of time, experiences, um, other voices that, again, are trying to shape who we are. So you kicked us off here with the idea of some of the things our parents tell us when we're young. Um, if you're fortunate, your parents said encouraging, loving things to you. Mm. There are many, many people for whom that's not necessarily the case. Right, yeah. Um, and many people who heard hard, harsh, mm. or discouraging messages from their parents. So that could present some real headwinds to overcome on this question of identity. I wonder if we should um, sort of do a spoiler moment. Yeah. And say what the Bible says, and then kind of go in the direction of where we tend to wander to try to get there. Yeah, yeah. So the main verse in the Bible that, to me, is hugely important in this is 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, how great a love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called, like, ready, wait for it, it's like, here comes the big identity moment. Mm. This is what the Bible says about our identity, children of God. Mm. And then it's like, period, and then there's the next sentence, and that is what we are. Yeah. That and that is what we are sentence is like to try to just underscore the emphasis of it. Right. Because most of us will struggle to fully land in a place of peace 
with that reality, yeah. that we are children of God. So we will try to find our identity in lots of different ways, places, and so on, right? So it could be things like popularity or accomplishment mm-hmm. or achievement or whatever. Yeah. So I heard a phrase a little while ago. Uh, my wife Elizabeth's reading a book, and it was around these topics. And the person who wrote the book said, we're only actually getting to the truth of our identity when we understand who we are apart from what we have or what we've accomplished. Hmm. Okay, so the author of that book is saying, um, we're only really getting at it when we separate that yeah. away from us. Strip it away, yeah. Right, so lots of us, what, what it's basically saying is, many, many, many of us are kind of wandering around to try to find our identity based on what we have, okay? Yep. Material acquisition, wealth, money, nice house, car, et cetera. Like, this is the way we're going to try to establish our understanding of our identity. Mm. Um, the other one that this author mentioned is what you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to find our identity because you have been a successful professional yeah. or you've been uh, accepted at such and such college or university or you've been a phenom on the athletic field one way or another, that your identity is going to be wrapped into this. So we were talking about this, and I said to her, I think if we want to be honest in our culture, there's another category, and it should be apart from also what you look like, Mm. because there's so much emphasis in our culture in your appearance. Yeah. Um, Are you handsome or pretty or not? Are you... Uh, you know, is your physique attractive or not? And it was so much emphasis on appearance. So she and I began to talk about this a bit. So the voices in the culture are saying, you are what you accomplish. Mm -hmm. You are what you have or Mm -hmm. own. You are what you look like. Mm -hmm. The Bible says no to all of that. That's not who you are. You are a child of God when you are in Christ. Mm -hmm. Why is it so hard for us to grow into making peace with that and having a full engagement of a yes to that reality, that true thing that God tells us about our identity? Mm. I think the challenges, even like we said earlier, was is largely due to the other voices, um, either that are meant to encourage or uh, actually manipulate um, who we see ourselves being. Um, You listed a few things, uh, identities that are based on what we have, things that we've accomplished, Um, you know, other things that come to mind. People see themselves as their vocation, like what they do, what they create, Um, and even preferences. Like I think about people who so identify with their favorite fill-in-the-blank, their sports team, Mm -hmm. their hobby of interest. Their college sports team, yeah. that comes to mind. Yeah, 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 right. And so there are so many ways that we can perceive ourselves, and I think some of that we do intentionally because, um, I mean, I'll speak for myself, I don't want to see myself in a way where it's like, oh, that that's not that great. Mm-hmm. And so rather than uh, live with that reality, you know what, maybe, maybe that's what I am over there, the, the good stuff. Like you said, the word accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Usually that signifies having achieved some measure of success. I'd rather tie myself to that than look inside and say, you know what, I'm not all gold and glitter. Um, 
So these are just some things that I think personally um, I've also tried to attach my identity or how I perceive myself to be. And we're living in complicated days. So there are also voices and messages that are saying who you are um, as you are is not true of who you are. Uh, so we're getting into uh, gender matters. We're getting into sexuality matters and things like this. So um, what the scriptures are saying to us is uh, God created us, and um, he created us to come to life in Christ as his own children. Mm-hmm. All the other identities are one way or another going to distort us. Yeah. And on the one hand, in our insecurities that are longing for identity connections, we might grab hold of these other identity places without realizing how one way or another they will distort us from this beautiful, prized child of God that he has made us to be, intends us to be, and longs for us to grow into the fullness of the love the acceptance, the affirmation of what it means to be a child of God, mm. right? So I think some people could hear that, and we like the sound of it, but there's something that says, but that's not enough. It's not tangible enough. There's not enough evidence. There's not, there's, it, it's just not tangible enough. So what do you think about that in terms of the, the wrestling that we do with all that? I just think that's part of... The challenge of being alive and a, a human, um, like you said, um, this question of who am I, all these voices. Yes, when we look at Scripture, we see that God says, in Christ, we are His. We're in His family. Um, and maybe we just don't know the extent um, or the fullness of what that means to be a child of God, um, either because we don't interact with Scripture to the level where it paints a clear enough picture. Maybe there aren't people in our lives that say, you know what? I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and how they live, who they are, you're like, that. if that's what that leads to, you know, I'm not about that. Mm-hmm. And so, ooh, what if I could tie myself and my identity towards something different? Um, I think that's part of the challenge. Um, and, you know, even as we're talking, I'm wondering, like, identity, it is something that we're always asking ourselves, whether consciously or subconsciously, who am I? Um, where does my value come from? But then this question of, like, what's at stake here? Why is identity so significant? Um, and I just had this thought, uh, you know, going back to when we're, um, this idea of when we're young, people start saying things to us to shape us. You brought up the, the scenario where some of those comments aren't actually good for us. And so if someone grows up hearing, oh, you're so worthless, right? Like, oh, what's wrong with you? Then when we see ourselves as worthless, that identity then shapes everything else. Um, then I'll interact with others in a way where I will not see value in contributing um, mm-hmm. or making valuable contributions. Mm-hmm. Um, if I see myself as lazy and worthless, then I'll be like, you know what, I'm not even going to try. And so all of our beliefs about who we are are tied then to what we end up doing. Um, so again, if like I'm a, if I see myself as a successful fill-in-the-blank, then that's where all my time, efforts, and resources go to. Now, going back to what you said about, um, you know, how Scripture says in Christ we're children of God, then I think, hopefully, with that identity, it's like, you know what? I get to live out all the promises of God and all the quote-unquote benefits of being in His family, but also the mission um, of being a child of God. Um, So this whole idea of what's uh, the implications of our identity comes to mind as well. 
if we're able to grow into this, and if we're honest about it, I don't think this is a, the light switch is either on or off. I think we kind of make progress of growing into this reality, embracing it, receiving the full truth of it, that we are children of God. Um, the psychology of all of this can begin mm. to be quite complex as well. So on the one hand, if we're able to make progress and grow into this reality, we are children of God, it's as though the Holy Spirit might say to us, hey, you can, you can relax. <laughs> you can breathe a little bit here. Like, you know, you don't have mm. to make sure that your body is perfect and that you gain the applause of those who may be looking at you. You don't have to do that yep. to be at rest and have a joyful peace about your identity. You don't have to keep doing that. Mm. Or, you know, you don't have to keep working that hard yeah. to make that more money. To And often what it, the word that comes to mind is to what? To prove yourself. Yep. To prove yourself to whom? Whoa, now we're getting into the psychology. Maybe it's to prove yourself to your father who you never felt affirmation from, right, yeah. or your mother who suggested you're not reaching your potential, mm. or some imaginary batch of voices in the culture that say you're not worth something. Um, so it's like you're working so, so, so hard to get to this place where you, you feel like you've made that. Or, you know, you don't have to keep acquiring stuff. Like, mm -hmm. you know you can rest in the reality. I think of God saying to us, you can rest in the reality that you're my child. You are my beloved child. Nothing you can do, earn, or look like mm. can make you more beloved, right? And so I think we hear that and we're like, I love the sound of that. I really want to grow into that but I don't think I'm really actually there yet. Mm. But it's a very meaningful like invitation because what I would say is this is the truth of the matter. Yeah. We are children of God in Christ, yeah. uh, beloved of the creator of the universe. Male, female, we don't have to be working for all these acquisitions, all these identity markers, and so on. So how about this? I'm thinking that finding peace in terms of our identity, mm -hmm. I think the psychological way that this may roll out is we're looking for an internal peace with it and an external acceptance of it, okay? And, and that when we're making real peace, we're finding that those two things are happening. Internally, I feel at peace mm -hmm. with who I am, and externally, I feel accepted with that. And, and I'm the same person internally and externally. So part of the challenge is I might be looking for identity affirmation and I'm getting that affirmation externally, but internally I'm all churned up mm. because I know the picture I'm giving externally is not true of who I am internally. Right. Okay. So I got the external affirmation, but I've got churning, a complete lack of peace internally. Okay. Flip side could be I am embracing the reality of this peace internally and I'm peaceful internally but it's, it's getting rejection externally, right? So you see this play between the internal and the external yeah. um, and this kind of search that we have for this settled identity. But I think the more progress we make into this idea, this is how we know, you know that, that 
that God has loved us and given his own son for us, this is what we are. We are children of God. Yeah. To me, it, it speaks of alignment. I mean, words that pop up are things like integrity. Um, basically, what others perceive of us actually lines up to what's inside. Or mm-hmm. said another way, you've probably heard that phrase, integrity is like who you are when no one's looking. Right. Um, speaking to, I think, alignment. Um, but yeah, just the the consistency also. Like everything matches up. So what's inside is what's perceived, and what's perceived is actually what's inside. Um and I do think that's a lifelong journey <laughs> to get to that place because identities, I don't think, are static either. Um, mm-hmm. That's why there are so many efforts and even resources available to growing in, quote-unquote, self-awareness, um, awareness of oneself, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think that's also part of the risk is that for every time we take an assessment and we get our results back and it says, you are fill in the blank. It's like, oh, I finally know who I am. But is that really who you are? Right, right. Um, and so anyway, I, I think that that's what that speaks to, that consistency and, and self-discovery. So I think for millions of Christians around the world, if we said, um, do you like the sound of this? I'm going to read this. Um, How great a love the Father has for us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Do you like the sound of that? I think most everybody who's a Christian would say, I love the sound of it. Um, Do you feel completely settled and at peace so you are not anxious internally or otherwise that this is your identity? I think most of us, to varying degrees, would say, like, if settled means 100% settled, Mm. no, not 100% settled. Why? Um, We, well, I'll say in in a very, very big macro sense, we live in a fallen world where our own sin and our own internal doubts are at work Mm. about the nature and quality of who we are. Yep. And then I think um, we also have uh, voices in our heads that sort of say, you know, if you were any kind of person, you know, if you were any kind of a Christian, you know, so if we're like... God's telling us you are a child of God, and we're like, well, I just fouled up, mm-hmm. so I'm not a child of God. Or um, I, I'm just not able to find peace in that. So in a sermon recently, I was trying to be playful with this idea and say, you know, you are a child of God. That's who you really, 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 really... And I like, I did it a lot. <laughs> yep. And like to I, the point where I thought my media browser was broken because I heard the word really. I thought it was like stuck like on Like it got stuck, yeah. like an old LP vinyl <laughs> that, 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 that the record was skipping. Um, but I got a text from somebody who, who, was, who was playing around with it. But he said, I really, really appreciate it <laughs> that you said really, 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 really. And he said, I get it. Mm. And why so many reallys, like you really, really, really are a child of God? It's to make the point to counteract all the voices and all the times that some voice says to you, you're not really a child of God. You're not worthy. You're not living up to the standard. You're not being good enough. You're not bright and shiny enough. And the point of the really, really, reallys was to try to counteract the innumerable times Mm. that something inside of us says, you're not really a beloved child of God. Even as you're sharing that, I'm thinking about um, in the gospel accounts, where Jesus is being harassed by Satan. Mm-hmm. And they're all essentially assaults on his identity. Totally. 
and it's not like anything else it's just like if this is who you think you are or say you are yeah. then you know and he it's says to, if this, you are the son of god then exactly. do this if then if then and i think for me when i read that it's satan's attempt to distort um, yes. and even raised out. So it, yes. both to doubt and then to distort what it means for him to be the Messiah, the Son of God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, make, make him doubt, like, am, am I really, you know, who It's God a really, really important insight because now, I mean, you're getting into some deeper places here, but so in the temptation, Jesus' temptation, which I think of as in Luke chapter 4, if you are yep. the Son of God, then mm-hmm. the first one is turn these stones into bread. Mm-hmm. In other words, prove it. And any aspect of making him perform, yeah. that's a huge word. Any aspect where Satan can tempt him to make him perform to show that he is, distorts him. Yeah. Because the fact, the settled reality that God has created him and uh, that God has created us, that Jesus is the Son of God, requires no proving it. That's good. That, like, that's it's really important. That even reminds me of when Jesus is being baptized, and Jesus comes up out of the water, and Scripture says that there's this voice, Father God from heaven, saying, this is my Son, child of God, um, whom I love, in whom I am well, well pleased. pleased. And what has he done, right? Aside from having lived for about 30-ish years of life, um, Scripture hasn't gone on to record all of the miraculous, all of the teaching. So from our point of view, he hasn't quote-unquote done anything, right? But right from uh, the get-go, straight out the gate, he's his son. God is pleased in him, and he is loved. And so going back to this question of who do I need to prove what to, I think is like, as a child of God, you don't have to prove anything. Like, before you perform, God's love is there to meet you. It's so important. And... I mean, I think we're like having discoveries here while we're having this conversation. Any degree to which I feel that I must perform to demonstrate Uh-oh. that I'm a child Uh-oh. of God yep. is actually diminishing the settled fact and reality of it. Like, this is why I think Jesus can respond to those temptations with such settled peace, denying any of the temptations, because... Any way, Satan, that I would respond to you by, let's call it, dancing to your fiddle Mm. to prove that I'm the Son of God Mm. is going to be a reduction of that settled reality. Mm. And so that's what the distortions will always be. They will also have reductions Mm -hmm. as a motive. And that's what the enemy's always trying to do to us. And what God is always trying to say to us is, no, you really, really are a son, a daughter of God, you do not have to prove this. In fact, try to stay away from the temptation to prove it, because that even sullies the settled reality of it. So, you know, in our minds, I wonder if maybe a takeaway for somebody Mm. or people who are listening, just for like a little spiritual growth exercise, where might there be places in your own life where you feel you have to perform Mm -hmm. some way, somehow, to validate your identity. Mm. And if we can name those yep. and then really pray about them and bring them into God's love and counsel, we can begin to come into more and more of the settled reality that you don't have to prove this in any way, not by what you accomplished, not by what you look like, not yep. by what you own, not by where you went to school, not by any of those reducing markers. Yeah. 
That's great. And then even like as we begin to wrap up um, our time, another thought is, you know, spend some time to maybe write out or think about what does it really mean to be a child of God? What are the implications? If this is true, that I am indeed a child of God in Christ, what are the implications? And one thought that popped up into my head is like, you know what? We have to also recognize who we are children of. (laughs) In other words, if God is our father, Mm. like what does that imply? It's not just, you know, I come from a prestigious lineage. No, God is my father. Mm. And then, you know, even... There's no bigger royal family. Come on. That's it. And so maybe we haven't taken time to really mine the depths of the implications of both what it means to be a child of God, Mm. but a child of God. Mm. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening with us today. You can find this Hopecast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or actually wherever you get your podcast. And then you can find more information about us at Hope, what we do, who we are, at HopeChurchRVA.com. Thanks so much.